This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability in the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, you might be sick of hearing about chalk streams here on Environment Matters, but our own River Vare is one of these internationally rare rivers and, like most other chalk streams, is not in as good health as such a prestigious natural asset should be. But could things be about to change? A new chalk stream restoration strategy recently published calls for chalk streams in England to be given enhanced environmental status. The new strategy was launched at Turinbury Farm Hotel near Welling Garden City, which lies along the bank of the River Mimram, one of Hertfordshire's chalk streams. The launch was attended by an impressive lineup, including representatives from the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, Environment Agency Chair Emma Howard Boyd, Natural England Chair Tony Juniper, and Environment Minister Rebecca Powell. I spoke to Sarah Perry, Living Rivers Officer for the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, to find out what the strategy aims to change and what hope there is of these hopes becoming a reality. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. So the Wildlife Trust were one of the parties that helped prepare this new strategy. Other parties included DEFRA, the Environment Agency and Natural England. Um, why are Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust particularly concerned about chalk streams? Why are they particularly important to you? Well, Amanda, they're one of the most important habitats, not just in Hertfordshire, Um, but across the whole world. There are less than 250 of them. And we have about 20 of these beautiful, globally rare rivers here in Hertfordshire. So from our perspective, they're one of the most key habitats, the most um, key environments that we are looking to protect in our county. They form a major part of our um, Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust strategy as well. So our, our strategy looking for the next five to 50 years and what are the key um, conservation concerns within that time frame that we as a trust need to be working on while chalk rivers are right up there. Okay. Now, we've heard recently on Environment Matters from Affinity Water about the pipeline infrastructure that they're installing, including uh, rather notoriously down the Redbourne Road, which will enable them to bring water in from um, reservoirs elsewhere in the in the country, which should reduce the amount of water removed from local chalk stream aquifers and so uh, increase the flow in the actual rivers themselves. But this strategy doesn't just cover water volume. Tell us about the other areas it covers. So water volume is obviously a critical component. So if you don't have any water in a river, well, then you don't have a chalk stream. Um, But the the water quality as well is of critical importance. So we're talking about having pristine, gin clear water in our chalk streams in a natural environment. And over time, as um, you know, we as a society have altered our water courses, and as we've built um, you know urban dwellings and towns and cities along them, um, we obviously affect their water quality. So we now have chalk rivers that are seeing quite high levels of pollution. 
So things coming from misconnected homes where your um, washing machines might be misplumbed into surface drains, which feed directly into the river. That can bring all nasty sorts of chemicals, as well as things passing through sewage treatment works and runoff from roads, from farming and from different other sources. Um, so quality is really important to address alongside the water level, the water quantity. And as well as this, we want to see chalk rivers in as natural state as possible. So their physical habitats, their sort of physical geography, looking and reacting as it would do in a setting where we haven't altered it. So again, here we're talking about chalk streams with really gently inclined banks, well connected to their surrounded floodplain with beautiful gravels, with riffles of water going over them and pools for fish to haul up in. Over time, again, we've seen our rivers dredged. We've seen them move for infrastructure projects like building roads, building train lines. And all of this has had a major impact on, on their physical characteristics. Yeah. It has to be said, you do make the natural chalk streams sound like a gorgeous thing there. So chalk streams aren't just a matter of the river themselves, are they? There are a whole sort of connected range of habitats. Can you just tell us about the other sort of habitats associated with chalk streams and why they're so important? Absolutely. Well, wetlands are one of our most um, endangered and nationally rare habitats. So we've lost in the last 50 years about 95% of our wetland environments. And these are all fed by our chalk rivers. So in a natural setting, if you go back, let's say, a couple of hundred years, you wouldn't see a single branch river. You would see a river made up of lots of little bits and pieces of watercourse flowing through open meadows, over riffles, through wood, kind of all interconnected in a big mosaic. And this water really feeds those other habitats. So it keeps the wetlands wet. It keeps the ponds topped up with water. It creates beautiful mineral rich um, plant communities like fen and floodplain meadows. And again, over time, through pressures of um, breaking up our natural habitats through urbanisation, we've seen those um, environments lost. And we've seen river levels drop, which mean they can no longer flood out of bank and support these habitats where they do still exist. Okay. And is it, do you think it's even possible to bring those situations back to allow the river to flood and to um, work more naturally? Absolutely. There are some fantastic examples around the UK and further afield into Europe where they're doing just that. Um, so again, in Hertfordshire, we're trying to mimic some of those natural processes when we get involved in river restoration. And that's very much what my, my role focuses on, going out, working with the community to bring back the naturalness to our chalk rivers. And there are some great examples up in Norfolk where they've re-meandered or allowed the, the river to breach its banks in areas of, of meadow, which are no longer being used for agriculture. And over time, not even that long periods of time, you know, a couple of years, you start to see these communities of plants, these communities of, of wildlife, of birds, of invertebrates change because the water is allowed to move through that wider environment again. Okay, that, that sounds very hopeful. So one of the recommendations is designating all chalk stream regions where public water supply is heavily reliant on groundwater abstraction as water stressed, enabling higher protections in these areas. Would Hertfordshire fall under these definitions? I mean, what kind of protection is this referring to? 
Yes, so it already does. So Hertfordshire is, is already a county class as having severe water stress. And it's been that way since 2007 when the Environment Agency put the designation on our region. And um, so in practice, what that should mean is, is greater protection for our water resources in, in the county, in the catchments, um, through things such as the planning regulations. But there are issues with that because often where a region is classed as water stress, the additional measures that planning authorities or the government agencies can take are optional. Um, So we have building regulations which try to um, encourage a lower water use in new homes that are being built um, down from the national average. But again, this is an optional standard that you know planning authorities can enforce and some do you know we have some great authorities doing that across Hertfordshire um, but others are, are maybe not doing that so much and developers are in no way obligated to, to deliver that standard unless it's being mandated so we are still seeing our rivers overly stressed with high water consumption um, and high water use across the county. So just from what you've said there, is all the development planned for St Albans and Hertfordshire, is that consistent with Chalkstream Health? Well, it's a quite a big question, really. I mean, we in the southeast are one of the fastest growing regions in terms of population, in terms of growth. And so we're seeing huge targets for housing, not just in Hertfordshire and St Albans, but across across the wider southeast region. And of course, that dovetails with being one of the driest regions in the UK. We get less than 50% of the rain as other areas. Um, and also one of the most water stressed regions in the UK, we're also the place where, you know, a high proportion of, of the chalk streams that are globally rare are found. So these three things don't really marry up to create a sustainable water situation going into the future at present. OK. Uh, and is there anything we can do or you can do about that? <laughs> um, so the Wildlife Trust, you know, Hearts and Middlesex is one of those, are campaigning for measures to try to improve water sustainability across the country but you know notably in the southeast so this chalk stream strategy that's just been published has a top 10 asks for how water quantity as well as quality and physical habitat might be improved going forward and that's looking at things across the board from you know what what can local communities get involved with doing what policy needs to change to support a more sustainable future for water um, and and what kind of the regulators and the water authorities need to be actioning now to make sure that happens going forward so I think, you know, we as a society, we can contribute to some of those aims and we can campaign on the others to get those policy changes needed for ensuring our talk streams remain into the future. Yes, indeed. Now, currently, the document is a, a strategy and Environment Minister Rebecca Powell was um, at the strategy launch and spoke in favour of its recommendations. But what will actually happen from here? You know, you've spoken about there's lots of of great ideas and there's great asks in it. But who's actually going to make sure that these great things happen? That is a very good question. And I think it really echoes what a number of the people who were at the organisations at the launch of the strategy were, were saying is that, you know, it's great having a strategy which almost frames our ambition, 
But it's what comes next that really matters. It's the action on the ground that really dictates whether or not this strategy is successful. We've had a number of strategies, you know, produced and published over the years, most lately the government's 25-year plan. Um, And they're all great in, in terms of motivating commitment and renewing commitment towards those goals. But if we don't see the resourcing and we don't see... Um, the decisions being made that need to be made to make sure those asks in that strategy are being taken forward, then we're going to be in the same situation in 10 years time. And I think from our perspective as a wildlife trust, you know, we we work really hard alongside other ENGOs, alongside the local authorities, farmers, independent landowners, and indeed the government agencies, the guys on the ground in the environment agency on our region are great at doing their jobs. And we're all working really hard. However, translating the huge task (laughs) of making a more sustainable future for our chalk streams into practice is one that's going to involve higher up decisions being made and some difficult decisions being made in terms of what policies we need to see put in in place by government to make these actions realised. Okay, so whilst whilst this strategy is um, another small step in the right direction, this is by no means the end of the story. It's not. And the group who who were involved in in collating the strategy, um, along with the other bodies that have fed into it, the next task is really looking at setting um, an actioned timeline of measures that need to be put in place to support these top 10 asks across water quality, water quantity and physical habitat improvement. So that's the next step, really getting that, well, what, when, where and how in place. And are you hopeful that chalk streams around St Albans in Hertfordshire and um, in England generally um, have a slightly brighter future? I really hope so. Again, you know, there is a lot of commitment on the ground to making our chalk rivers um, as natural and as beautiful as they once were. You know, with clean, plentiful water supporting a fantastic array of wildlife. And that commitment still stands and that commitment will still be pursued. There is a risk, though, that, you know, this could just be another strategy in government's pot that that doesn't go anywhere. And there really needs to be some serious change when they look at things like the building regulations to support water stress regions. That really needs to hold up because without without some serious changes in policy, what we can do on the ground is limited Let's hope. And if there's anything that you'd like us to do to help this into the future, then um, we'd love to hear about it. Sarah, thank you very much indeed. I was talking there to Sarah Perry, Living Rivers Officer for the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust. And to coincide with the announcement of the Chalk Stream Restoration Strategy, Affinity Water and Thames Water announced that they too have helped to launch an ambitious new initiative that aims to improve the health of local chalk streams, starting with those right here in the Chilterns. Now, the water companies have held a number of meetings with key stakeholders, including river groups, local councillors, regulators and MPs, to devise a new way of measuring the health of the chalk streams that currently falls outside existing 
legislative obligations. Kevin Barton, Affinity Waters head of, head of external communications, says it may surprise people to know that at the moment there is no clear definition of what a healthy chalk stream is and how it's measured. Our new assessment framework will use clear set of metrics that will measure the health of the streams and will help to identify problems and plan new interventions where needed. While it's great that people are enjoying our chalk streams more, there are numerous ways in which they can be negatively impacted, including the pressure of human needs such as agricultural activities and land change. We need to balance the needs of nature and the needs of human activities and ensure their preservation long into the future. And Affinity Water also said that anglers should be pleased to hear that in revitalising the nation's chalk streams, various species of fish will be able to thrive once more, including the brown trout, the bullhead, the brook lamprey and the Atlantic salmon. Well, let's hope that with all these announcements, there is indeed a rosy future ahead for the River Vare and the other chalk streams in Hertfordshire and throughout England. Okay, just time to mention an event coming up later this week as part of the remarkable World of Trees season events based around the exhibition at St Albans Museum and Art Gallery. There'll be an event at the museum on Thursday evening entitled What Have Hedge Funds Ever Done for Hedges? Jason Mitchell from MAM PLC will give reflections from COP26 and talk about how our investments can help build a sustainable world. If you have any investments, including a pension, this is your chance to find out how you can make your money work for the future of our planet as well as your own future. And you'll find details about that and how to book your ticket on the St Albans Museum and Art Gallery website. Do stay in touch. You can follow me on Twitter at RV underscore environment. Find me on Facebook at the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line at amanda at radioverulam.com. I'm going to be back at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.